Jesus says to his disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. This is Jesus' farewell speech. The farewell speech of Jesus is recorded in John's Gospel uh, from uh, 13 to 17, five chapters. In what is the context in which Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled? It's all because several things are happening in good succession. Immediately after one, something else happened. First of all, disciples fought, fought among themselves, asking who is the greatest. And Jesus, at the Monday Thursday night, washed the feet of disciples, and he set a model. They were all taken uh, aback about this particular event. We are fighting who is the greatest, but our master himself washed our feet. And then Jesus said, look, one of you is going to betray me. And Jesus uh, talked about uh, the betrayal. Judas Iscariot left the house. And later Jesus said, one of you is going to deny me. About uh, Peter's uh, denial of Jesus. So many things are happening, and they also sense that something is not going correctly with Jesus. They were all going through a tough time, a difficult time. In this context, Jesus is saying, do not let your hearts be troubled. Now, we need to ask question, does Jesus not trouble himself? If you read little before this particular passage, you would have noticed that Jesus was troubled in his spirit at least three times. At the time of um, Judas, sorry, at the time of Lazarus' death, at the, you know, when Jesus came to the tomb, he was greatly troubled in spirit and mood, and he wept, he wept with others. Oh, Jesus himself was troubled in his spirit. The second occasion when Jesus troubled was when he entered the Jerusalem um, um, uh, where uh, it was a triumphal entry. Greeks wanted to meet with Jesus and Jesus said at that moment, uh, my soul is troubled. I'm not going to go into the details of why he, his soul uh, was troubled. The third occasion when Jesus was troubled was when he revealed that one of them was going to betray him. He was greatly troubled when he revealed this. So Jesus himself went through uh, uh, having difficulty, having trouble. Then how can he say that, do not let your hearts be troubled? I think what Jesus is saying to us is this. There's no guarantee of trouble-free life. Trouble is not prevented, but trouble can be overcome. Don't allow trouble to trouble you. Troubles are going to come, but do not let your hearts be troubled. 
do not allow that to overcome you trust in god trust also in me what jesus is saying here is you have been trusting god you keep trusting god now i have set an example for you trust also in me you keep trusting god now you trust also in me now how to understand this whole do not let your hearts be troubled trust in god trust also in me i thought this example from the old testament is fitting here first samuel chapter 30 verse 6 says like this david but david strengthened himself in the lord his god david strengthened himself in the lord his god we can memorize this words in what context he strengthened himself please read first uh, samuel chapter 27 onwards you would notice david had not yet become the king of israel he was running away from saul saul was following him he had his companions he had his own people around him uh, and a king called Akish uh, sheltered him, sheltered him and sheltered his people. Because Akish, king of Gath, sheltered him, as David wanted to be kind to him. Akish was going to go along with Philistines uh, to fight against Israel. David said, I'm also going to come because you sheltered me, so I have to support you. But when David and his companions went with Akish, the Palestinians said, no, 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 David should not come with us. He's an Israelite. How can he will fight for Israel? How could you bring him here? So Akish said, no, 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 David, you go back. When David and his companions came back to the place where they were stationed, Ziklok, the place, when they came back, they found out their entire place was robbed. Um, Amalekites came and took all his possessions, all the possessions of his companions, their family members, wives and children, everyone were taken uh, by Amalekites. They all wept. David wept. His companions wept. They lost everything. While they were weeping, David's companions decided to stone David. Oh, David, because of you, we are going through this tough time. And they wanted to stone at David. David wept with all his strength. And at the end, the word says, David has strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Yes, my God is with me. I'm going to go for battle. I'm going to go and pursue Amalekites. I'm going to redeem the entire thing that I lost. He strengthened himself. God is with me. God has helped me all along in my journey. And he is going to help me to uh, bring all that is lost. And they went. They got everything back, including their property. They got every person back. David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. 
Jesus is saying, do not allow trouble to trouble you. Trust in God. Trust also in me. We had to put our name into these words. David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. Let's put your name. Harrison strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. Put your name and say this. Do not allow trouble to overcome you. We cannot prevent the trouble, but we can certainly overcome it because the living Lord is with us and he is saying that trust in me, rest in me, I will guide you. In this context, Jesus is saying, you know, uh, before we go that, what troubles your heart? What troubles your heart? Is it your children? Is it your health? Is it your parents? Is it your future? Trust in the Lord. Do not allow that trouble to trust, uh, trouble you. Now, Jesus in this context saying, I'm going to the Father, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. You know, by reading this, we may get this impression that Jesus has gone for a building project. He has gone for a house building project. We may get that idea. I worked in the Middle East for more than 10 years. There we have this uh, young people coming and working. They will leave their families back in their countries. Most of them are from India, but uh, I know there are Africans coming and working. They leave their families back in their own countries and they say that we are going to Middle East. I'm going to Middle East. I'm going to make a lot of money and I'm going to come back and we will have a wonderful life. So they leave their families, they leave their children. At the growing stage, they leave their children and come to Middle East. I always tell them that either you bring your family to Middle East or you go and stay with your family, don't leave. Because the physical absence of parent, of a father, adversely affect the children. So that's how it is, but I was not that successful in convincing the people. Is that what Jesus is saying here? Don't worry. I'm going to make a lot of good, good houses for you, three-story house, <laughs> three-story building for you. I'm going to come and take you. Or, uh, you know, is that what Jesus is saying? You know, this is what we kind of uh, uh, getting the idea. But I don't think that's the way we had to read. Jesus is saying that my physical presence is not going to be with you. You know the way where I'm going. I'm going to the Father. My Father has plenty of spaces. He, you know, there are uh, many dwelling places. What Jesus is saying is that that was not the case before. The heaven was closed. God was not that easily available. Now heaven opened. Now God has come and dwelling among his people. And he is very generous God. 
he is willing to give you anything and everything that you ask ask anything in my name i will give you and such a generous god we have and you know the way you know the way so jesus is saying to them that look my physical presence is going to go away for some time but that's not going to adversely affect you because you know the way you know the way jesus in one another passage that's in luke he says do not be afraid little flock for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom the father has got the father is indeed very pleased with all of you and he is going to give you whatever you need whatever you ask so how to understand this he is saying that god is giving you a good future so when jesus says that i am going to come back he is not talking about the wealth that he is pre- preparing for us probably it is there i am not worried about that but he is emphasizing that while i am my physical presence is not with you you please get ready for that wonderful future what jesus is saying that my physical presence my absence of physical presence should not adversely affect you you know the way but you prepare yourself you prepare the wonderful future that's what jesus is saying here live accordingly now how to understand this uh, i think in in uh, in marriage relationship uh, you would notice that i think in dutch also you have this uh, you get engaged and then you get married after 6 months right those 6 months or you get married after a year those 6 months or one year is a wonderful period that bride is waiting for the bridegroom to come and this period you are writing letters you are calling you try to know what the bridegroom likes you try to know what the bride likes that's the preparing period and jesus is saying yes wonderful future we have got now the emphasis is getting ready get ready and we will have wonderful time together you know the way and you know the context here is uh, thomas is saying we don't know where you are going how we know the way and jesus beautifully said at this point i am the way the truth and the life how do we understand this statement i want to bring three important observation about this uh, statement number one it's an exclusive statement exclusive the way the truth the life one in kind a very unique way and also only one there's no other way of course uh, we live in a world we uh, talk about uh, many ways to one goal but i don't think christianity promotes that it's an exclusive claim of our lord jesus the second 
observation that I want to bring from this statement is one leads to the other. The way leads to the truth, the truth leads to the fullness of life. So it's an order. Thirdly, Jesus has come to give life, fullness of life, and that goal is through the way and the truth. To receive this, Jesus is uh, talking about abundant life. I came so that they may have life and have it abundantly. That abundant life is the goal. We lost it because of our sin. And Jesus has come to restore, and Jesus has come and restored that new life. We corrupted the image of God, and Jesus has come to restore, and he says, I'm giving you that life. Let's very quickly look at the way, the truth, and the life. The way, the way. He is not showing the way. John the Baptist pointed finger at Jesus and saying that, here goes the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We point at finger. We point finger at Jesus and say, look at Jesus. He is not showing the way. He is the way. We can show, his, show him and show that he is the way. Look at him. Follow him. And... Uh, I, I read about a journalist. Uh, he was traveling in a, uh, he was flying in a small plane uh, in, uh, in the uh, island of Papua New Guinea. But the plane was, uh, the plane was about to crash. So they said, uh, the pilot said, jump out of the uh, plane. And he jumped out. Fortunately, he landed safe. But he, he did not know where the plane was going to crash, so he quickly jumped out and he could not see where the plane went. He was in the middle of the jungle. He could not find a way out. Every day he would walk for a distance and it was not going anywhere. He would climb on a mount and come down. He will cross a creek. Nothing happened. A couple of weeks he had to be in that situation. One day he found a person, fortunately. And that person said, oh, you are stranded here, come on. And he took him out of the place. Jesus is the way. He is going to go with us in this journey to bring us out of this way, out of this place. He is the way. Um, without this way, there is no going. Without Jesus, the way, no going, we will be roaming around in the same place. He is the truth. You know, we live in a world which is a relate, which believes in relate. Uh, um, sorry, relati relativism. They believe in relativism. I'm not good in that. What they say is that what is true to you may not true to me. If you say, if I say God is 
a God exists. Someone may come and say that that's up to you. You believe that God exists. That's up to you. But then it's, it's up to me. God, is, God doesn't exist. So if you take that statement, both statements cannot be correct. One statement will be correct, one statement is wrong. Can we say that I don't, uh, I believe in gravity? But if someone comes and says, that, no, I don't believe in gravity, which is true, which is true. If I say that uh, I'm a man, uh, five feet, nine inch tall, but someone comes and says, Harrison, you are a girl, you are a woman, uh, uh, ten, uh, sorry, six feet uh, uh, tall. Both statements cannot be true. Rel relativism has got its own contradiction. Only one truth. Jesus is the truth. When we come to him, we know what is life. In, when we come to him, we are knowing things. That's what uh, Jesus said. You will know the truth, and the truth make you free. Without truth, there is no knowing. We will be roaming around without finding the truth. Come to Jesus, you will know. Then Jesus said, I am the life. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Fullness of life, abundant life. I can only say three things about this abundant life. Uh, what kind of life we want to live, uh, we determine. You know, I want to live in this particular house, with these facilities, with this kind of transport that I should have and all that. That's not what Jesus is talking here. He, he says that, you will have guilt-free life. Your sins are forgiven. You don't need to carry guilty. You are, secondly, the child of God. You will have the joy, joy of being connected with the Father. And thirdly, you will be um, having hope, not only for this world, but the world to come. So Jesus offers this life. So without way, there is no going. Without truth, there is no knowing. Without the life, there is no living. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So focus on Jesus. In him alone, we have every blessing. I think I said this illustration before, if I have said it before, please forgive me, but I thought this will fit well here as I conclude this meditation. Two church fathers were talking to one another. Uh, one was a senior uh, father and another was a junior father. The junior father looks at to the senior father and said, Father, many people are coming to us, but not many of, our, of, our, of the people who are coming to us are the followers. They come and go, they come and go, not many are good followers. For which the senior father told a story. 
look, uh, one day, my dog uh, saw a rabbit and started chasing the rabbit. Uh, my dog started chasing, uh, barking and uh, making sound. So as he was chasing the rabbit, other dogs came and joined with my dog. They started running, 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 running. As they were running, one by one, one by one, all dogs dropped this chase. But my dog chased the rabbit till the end and caught the rabbit. Now, the senior father looked at the junior father and asked the question, why do you think my dog could catch the rabbit? The junior father did not know how to answer, so he scratched his head. The senior father said, my dog only saw the rabbit. My dog saw the rabbit and he started chasing. Whom are we looking? Are we focusing on Jesus? In him, through him, and with him, we have every blessing. May the dear Lord help us so that we always keep our eyes fixed on him. God bless us all. Amen.